This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon on the best radio station in all of Africa, Chai FM. Welcome. It's such a wonderful privilege to have each one of you here with us today on a beautiful, warm, but cloudy kind of uh, Friday afternoon. But it's a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. We're coming up this week, of course, to Shabbat Shira, the Shabbos will be singing the special Shira of the uh, of the song that Kleisro sang when they left Kriyas, when they left the uh, Mitzrayim, and when they saw the Mitzrayim uh, drowned, and they themselves were 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 saved. That led to this tremendous, tremendous, uh, uh, miraculous outpouring of, of feeling and sentiment of of the Jews that they that they they sang. I want to talk just a, a little bit for a minute about this whole concept of of Shiraz Yom and particularly how it kind of fits into our uh, our our davening. You know, kind of every day in 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 Shachar. So we we say the psuke de zimra, the songs of, of praise, of, of thanksgiving to uh, to Hashem. And in that, the, the, the main part of, of that is the, the last six chapters of, of Tehillim, starting from Tehillah le David, which we call Ashrei, Ashrei, and then uh, the, the uh, Halukas, Right, uh, 146, 147, 148, 149, and, and finally, and finally, uh, the final capital, Haluka, Haluka, Albukotche. Um, now obviously, uh, you know, we start the, the Sukkot Zimra by, by saying that we're going to be singing Bishire David, uh, Avdech, which of course, that is what Tehillim is. Tehillim is all about the songs of, of, uh, of David, of David Amelach. However, we have this minute, we have a custom that is not mentioned at all in, in the Gemara, uh, where, which is that after all the Halukas, we say this paragraph of, of Az, Az, uh, Az Yashi. Now, the Arach HaShulchan, in the beginning of Simon Nun Beis, asks, in fact, why, uh, why, uh, why don't we say these things in in order? First, we say Tehillim, which is Ksuvim, and then we go all the way back to uh, to Torah and 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 say as uh, as Yashir. certainly we should say it in the other order and perhaps say as Yashir, as Yashir first now the gemara in in uh, rosh Hashanah says that uh, when you have sukim of Torah and sukim of ksuvim so as we see in in the davening of Rosh Hashanah, the the psukim that uh, of 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 Torah should be the ones that get uh, precedence that uh, that that come that come first. So why is it that we first say the the Tehillim, and then we say Oz Yashir from 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 the Torah? Um, it gets even a little bit more confusing if one looks at the uh, at the Rambam 
in Hilchas Tefillah, in the laws of, of davening in Perik Zion, in chapter 7, uh, Halacha 13. So he brings that there is a minig, there is a custom to say, Psuke de Zimra, then Yishtabach, and then Oz Yashir, after, after saying Yishtabach. Now isn't that, isn't that very strange? Why add Oz Yashir after we say Psukkah Zimra, and after we finished already Psukkah uh, Zimra? So I think the, the answer lies in, in a fundamental principle in, in a, uh, in a Yisoyed, uh, which comes in fact from the, from the Pachad, from a Yitzchak, from, uh, of Yitzchak, uh, Huna, uh, Ravad Yitzchak Hutner, which he mentions in his Sefer on, uh, on, on Pesach, but he kind of, uh, is, is, is speaking in a, perhaps a broader discussion of, uh, of Azyoshia, but I think it fits it fits for this for this also. It says there there are really two steps in in our davening. The first step says is is Psuke de Zimra. Psuke de Zimra the point and purpose of Psuke de Zimra is to recognize Hakadish Baruchu in the world. In nature, as we call it, in everything that exists. If you think about the psukim, just like in your own mind, in the psukim, let's say of all the kapitel chavtilm, of all the of all the halukas. So, so basically, they're all talking about and recognizing Hakadosh Baruch Hu's involvement, Hakadosh Baruch Hu's uh, uh, absolute control of of all the different aspects. Of, of our lives, of, of, of all the aspects of, of, uh, of nature, even, even, uh, the weather. The weather is, is, is mentioned, we mentioned snow, uh, uh, right? That is, that is the purpose of Sukkadizimra. We know that dominating is like a ladder. We go then from Sukkadizimra, where we recognize Akadish Parahu to in, in nature, in, in the world, we then proceed to the next stage is, of course, this, the Kriyat Shema surrounded by, by the brachas of, uh, of, of, of Krishma. And Krishma is, we, we, we are Mamlech Hashem. We, we declare HaKadosh Baruch Hu as our, as our king. In other words, that, in fact, Nature, what looks like nature, what looks like the world as it runs, and all the all the things that that, that are presented to us as being yes, this is the world, and and there's climate change, and therefore we can't predict what the weather is. But the reality is, and this is what Shema Yisrael is about, to realize that nature is nothing more than a veil, nothing more than a gossamer that that serves to try to hide HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in, 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 in the world. So we go then kind of from going from recognizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, runs nature to the concept of of Malchus, of Malchus Shemayim, right? The whole concept that Yoitza Oro Borechoy Shakasham created the light, Hashem created darkness, Boresakoli created everything. That's that's the Seder 
of the of, of the davening. First recognizing Hashem in nature and then realizing that that Akadosh Prochu is is the Melech of, of it all. So therefore, the first thing we say is that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Baruch Hayolam. Hashem is the the one who controls all of of the worlds. Then we go to Kriya Shema, and instead of saying Hayolam, we say Hashem Hashem Echad. Right? There's no there's no duality in this world. There's only one, only Hakadosh Baruch. Now, Shira Sayam Oz Yoshimoshe is the point where Klal Yisrael sees Malchus Hashem. Right? We saw that uh Khazal say that uh, at uh, at the moment of Kriyas Yamsuf, Ra Shivcha Shabayam, the the, the, the the smallest uh, uh maidservant had revelations, had had uh, understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, more than the greatest, greatest prophets. Everyone at, at the Yamsuf saw Malchus Hashem, saw a, a, an outward and an open manifestation of the Rabban Shalom's glory. As, as, a, as a matter of fact, <laughs> if, one, if one actually thinks about it, all references, every time we, 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 we refer to Oz Yashir, we refer to as Malchus. When we talk about, in Maira, we talk about Malchus Choro Uvanecha, right? Your sons saw my Hashem's uh, Malchus. Or Yachad Kulam Hoidu Vihim Lichu Vyamru. They declared Akadish Baruch as a, as, as, as king. So, and the Jew is, uh, even more than that, if you think about it, the very last Pasuk, of, of the Shira itself is Hashem Yimlech Liyalam So therefore, Oz Yashir is in fact one long manifestation, one long declaration of of Malchus Shemaim, of Akadosh Baruch Hu being the king, of Akadosh Baruch Hu being the, the ruler, the controller of the, of the entire world. Therefore, the, the Shira then acts as a kind of a bridge, says Javotna, between between kind of the world of nature where Hashem is hidden and where we have to try to to recognize Hashem right we have we have uh, we have Psukhari uh, Zimra and then we have Birchus Krishma and Krishma so Azyosha then serves as the kind of the bridge between these these two it's a kind of a, 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 a it's a it's the bridge between the world of nature which is the what Pesukah Zimra talks talks about where Hashem is hidden behind whatever we see as as the natural order of the running world and and uh, and uh, and then to try to recognize Hashem and seeing him as Hashem Yom and seeing as seeing Malchus Shemayim therefore the order of of the davening, whether in fact you do it like the Rambam, whereas Yashir is indeed after uh, Yishtabach, or you do it the way the way we do it, where as Yashir is before Yishtabach, there's an order. There's a whole seder to the davening from Sukkot Zimra to as Yashir, then climbing the ladder all the way up to 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 Krishna.
Now, when we daven, so we start, of course, with Baruch Shama and carry on then to to uh, uh, a Mizmor, Mizmor Lasoid, which, of course, takes the place of the of the Korban Todah, thanking, which which is a Korban that's brought by a person, to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for helping one out in all the different challenges of this world. Then we go into the Halukas, and we talk about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu sustains the world where Hashem helps us right, with all the struggles we have in in this world. And then we get to Az Yashir. Az Yashir is this preparation, right, for, for Birchus Krishma. We then say, Baruch Hashem, Baruch, we declare, right, let us bless Hashem in a new kind of way. Let's let's kind of change gears. Let's let's move up a level. Let's say Shema, and recognize that Hashem Echad. Hashem is the only one. There's no nature. There's no hidden. Hashem is Hashem is the only one who runs who runs the world at all. And then, of course, then once we've done that and we recognize Hashem Echad, then we have the ability to stand in Shema Nesrei, standing in front of the Melech Machiam Lachim himself. And we should kind of really make an effort to try to daven that way. Try to see our davening as this kind of ladder, as a, as a, as a progression. We come into shul, right? We're all distracted. We have a billion things in our mind. We're running late and this is going on and that's going on. So it's all, you know, it all rush through so we can get to to the uh, to the uh, to the Shemona Esrei but really it's a process that brings us to the Shemona Esrei where we can finally recognize the Rabbani Shlodim and therefore uh, uh, so that that that's that's what's why the Oz Yoshir is at the end of uh, of the Pesukah and that's why it operates that uh, it, it occupies that seminal that seminal portion of the uh, of the uh, of the davening and uh, that's a, that's a beautiful uh, beautiful. I just want to share maybe perhaps one more one more uh, 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 something else, but uh, perhaps a a bit of a a story. Uh, I saw the story in in a sefer called Chut uh, Hamashulash. Chut Hamashulash is a is a actually quite an amazing uh, a, a sefer that gives a bit of a, a biography about. Rabbi Akiva Eger and the Chasm Seifer and his son the the Ksav Seifer. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how well known it is, but uh, he brings there when he's talking about the the biography of the of the of the Chasm Seifer that uh, the Chasm Seifer had a had a gminik of every Thursday night, so his Talmidim would come. Into his into his home every, every Thursday night, and he would learn with them uh, Chumash and 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 the Ramban. He had a special special connection to uh, to the Ramban. Right, if one reads the the writings of the Chassam Seifer, uh, the Ramban uh, felt especially close to to the Chassam to the Chassam Seifer. Uh, could be, and he mentions it there. Perhaps that uh, he felt that maybe his neshama was somehow connected. There may have been some kind of a, a, a gilgal that he was somehow attached to 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 the uh, to the Rambam. So that's what he did. He would learn chumash with the Ramban every single thir- Thursday night. Now, uh, at the stage this story took uh, took place, so he had a son, 
Shimon, who uh, later became the Shevet uh, HaSefer. He was uh, then. He was then a little, little, uh, little boy. He must have been six or seven. <coughs> he, as I say, he would later become uh, a great rov himself, the rov of uh, of, of Kraka. And uh, this little boy would sit on his father's lap as his father learned uh, Chumash with an Amban in in his house with all the uh, with all the uh, with all the tambid. You can imagine what the, what that must have been. That must have been uh, like. Now. The uh, the Chasim Seifer was was talking about was uh, talking about Shira Sayam and talking about this this Chazal. He was talking about and and he said that uh, he quoted this this Chazal that I mentioned before that every little uh, every maid servant uh, at the Yamsuf saw revelations of of uh, of Hashem that even the greatest prophets didn't uh, didn't didn't see. And and uh, he he wondered about how that was possible. How could a, a plain uh, 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 maid servant see more than what Yecheskel Ben Buzi, the great uh, the great Navi, the great Navis Navi saw? It's it's kind of mind-boggling that just an ordinary kind of kind of person could see at the time of of, of the Kriyas Yamsuf so so much so. He kind of expressed uh, amazement about about that fact. So at that uh, at that point, so little little uh, uh, Shimon Seifer opened opened his mouth and said, "Kati says, can I possibly uh, say a sayoteret? Can I possibly try to to uh, explain it?" So he said he said as follows: says, if you want." This perhaps even sounds a little bit outdated today. If you want to send a, a letter to someone, so uh, let's say, uh, and uh, yeah, they also had a had a maid. And he said, if you take, let's say, our our maid who happens to be uh, illiterate, and and you send the letter with her, so you don't even need to seal. The envelope. There's no way in the world she's going to read it because she can't even she can't even read. You just give her the letter, tell her to deliver it, and she's not going to read it because she's she's unable to to uh, to read it. On the other hand, let's say you ask one of your tamidim, and you ask him to deliver a letter. Uh, uh, for you, and obviously you want to make sure that that letter remains uh, confidential. So, of course, you would seal, you would seal the envelopes that uh, he can't read, even if he was tempted to. So, Sedrish says Shimon Seifer. So, the same thing happened at the Yamsuf. Hakadosh Baruch who revealed himself to to the Jewish nation. So, the maid was there, and she saw it too. But of course, she didn't know what she was seeing. She didn't know what to do with it because she was uh, she was illiterate. She she didn't understand. So yes, she saw it. So what she saw it, but it obviously made no difference to her because she didn't know what to do with that information. She didn't she didn't know it could change her life because it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't valuable to her. So in 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 the sefer Chodam so it says that that. 
when when Shimon Sofer gave this gave this answer, his father uh, kind of dismissed it out of hand and kind of uh, kind of made a joke. So he uh, he took uh, he took a uh, kind of a yeah, the yarmulke that Rabbonin used to wear turned it inside out and kind of playfully he put it on the uh, on on the child's on the child's uh, on the child's head. And, and you know, as if kind of the answer was 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 not was trivial wasn't wasn't uh, really such a great answer. And, and the reality is, it, it's it's difficult to understand because it sounds on the contrary like a very very good answer. Yes, she saw, but she wasn't able to synthesize. She wasn't able to integrate. She wasn't able to change herself. What actually is wrong? It sounds like actually like a uh, like a pretty good pretty good uh, answer. So. Uh, Brought down elsewhere that someone asked the uh, Matzestorfer Rav, uh, Shmuel Ehrenfeld, this question: well, well, What's going on? Why did he reject? Why did he reject this answer? Of Shimon Sofer gave such a such a nice, seemingly such a nice, such a nice pshat, right? Uh, and and uh, so so Rav, Rav Ehrenfeld, the, the Rav said, "No, you're right. It is in fact a beautiful pshat." However. His father was afraid of of an ayin hara, and that's why he kind of playfully uh, uh, dismissed dismissed the the art. In other words, that the pshat is correct, and and it's worthy of of actually uh, of saying over of of, of publicizing, but uh, you know. One does not. It's it's not clear how how old the the child uh, the child was. He may have been you know six seven uh, six seven uh, years old. So he said something, and his father didn't want to chasham uh, create create an, an ayin hara. So he uh, he played it down so so as not to make a big a big deal of it. But in fact, it does seem like a like a, uh, a very interesting a very interesting. Uh, Answer to to that uh, to that to that question. Um, just uh, yeah, just uh, one one more thing. Obviously, it's always always worthwhile to mention the the, the very very famous uh, idea of the uh, of of uh, Rav Schwab on on the word Chamushim that the the Jews went out the different pshatim that Rashi brings. What does it mean? They went out Chamushim. So one pshat Rashi says they were armed. Uh, others say that it means that Hamesh uh, only twenty percent of the nation went out of of Mitzrayim, and uh, Ashab quotes the the Mechilt that says no, it wasn't twenty percent, wasn't one fifth, it was one fiftieth, it was even, maybe even one five hundredth, uh, which he says sounds amazing. Can you imagine? I mean, if we talk about a population of three million that went out, and that was only one fiftieth or or one five hundredth of the Jewish nation. Can you can you imagine what what size population it was? And of course you have the problem that the uh she says that the the reason Hashem brought darkness was so that those Jews that eighty percent who were not or at least uh who were not worthy of going out of uh, of, of Egypt would be would die and be buried, and the Egyptians would notice. Of course, if we're talking about a, a colossal population of which uh, uh, sort of uh, only one fiftieth or one five hundredth went out, of course that was going to be noticeable. So Rav Schwab uh, gives us a sheer 
on, on the importance of every single person. Yeah, connects it to to Hevel when where 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 when Cain Cain uh, kills Hevel and it says Kol the blood of your brother is crying out to me from from the earth and uh, his blood and the and the and the blood of all his descendants and, and the concept is of course that uh, yes you kill one person you're not in fact killing one person but that person please God would get married and have children and grandchildren it's generations and generations thousands and thousands and thousands of people you are affecting and of course uh, the positive is always more powerful than the negative one good act one positive influence one smile one one kind word one act of of chesed where we just go beyond ourselves for a moment and think of someone else is is you're not just impacting Upon the person who you say good morning to, or you, or you have a moment for, or you, or you smile at, it's, it's something that's going to impact on on him and on his children, on his grandchildren until the end of the end of all times, and and that's a really, really vital and important lesson for for all of of us. We're going to take a quick break now, and then we're going to come back with a segment on Hilchas Shabbos. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Don't run away. This is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is back on Soul to Soul on the uh, on Friday afternoon. As I said, this is uh, 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 Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Beshalach Shiras Hayom. Then we uh, also have the very, very special Haftarah uh, this week, which is also a Shira. It's the Shira of uh, of Devorah, uh, where uh, where uh, where Devorah sings a, a tremendous, tremendous song of praise to Hakadosh Baruch Hu after being victorious in the. Uh, in, in the war against uh, Sisra, the great uh, general of 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 Aram, uh, it's it's an amazing uh, amazing thing, and uh, it is uh, probably the longest of all the afters, uh, but uh, it's a beautiful beautiful uh, beautiful event. Uh, the important details for this Shabbos. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh today begins the latest time for lighting Shabbos candles. Today is at 6.44, uh, 16 minutes before before 7. Uh, the standard Johannesburg uh, summer Shabbos lighting time is still quarter past 6. And obviously, if your community starts Shabbos before 6.44, you will then are bound by them to have lit your candles and to have begun Shabbos by that uh, by that uh, by that time, uh, Shabbos Kodesh terminates tomorrow night at uh, seven thirty-six. As I said, we are, are already getting getting a bit uh, getting a bit earlier, uh, and uh, this week also will be uh, on Wednesday, Tuesday night. Wednesday will be Tubishvat, which uh, obviously in the northern hemisphere is the beginning of the uh, Renaissance, the after the. The winter, it's the beginning of, of the development of, of, of spring, and it has tremendous, tremendous significance. Uh, stay tuned to your shul notice board if there are going to be any events or anything uh, uh, that's happening at the, that's uh, worthwhile. So it's, it's one of these days that, uh, that you know, uh, no real special 
halachot that apply, but there's a lot of ceremony and a, and a huge amount of of kind of uh, philosophical significance and and importance to the day. And go find out a little bit uh, a little bit about it. We are speaking this week. We're still talking about things that a non-Jew or a a uh, Jew who is not that aware of, of Shabbos might do for you for on Shabbos and when and when not you can have benefit from that. Last week we spoke about the whole concept of what happens if someone does something for you where the impact of that action is in itself a, a discussion between various halachic authorities as to whether it is a serious, perhaps a Torah infraction, or, or whether whether it uh, it's just a, a, a subject to this discussion. And although we may we may uh, decide to follow the stricter uh, opinion uh, in this situation. If someone did that for you, you might be there. Might be room for, 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 for leniency. Today, I want to talk about for a, a, a moment about, uh, for want of a better word, load shedding or, or power outages that uh, do happen uh, very occasionally here in, uh, in Johannesburg. Although it certainly seems that uh, some areas uh, seem to uh, suffer these. Uh, these events more even more than kind of intermittently and it becomes a, a constant headache and uh, and uh, and and worry so if it occurs that there is a power outage where the lights go off uh, in either in a, a, a city or in a particular neighborhood of that of that uh, of that city so uh, Obviously, if this happens on on Shabbos, so uh, it would be permitted if there are, let's say, uh, uh, Jewish employees, Jewish technicians who are given the the job of uh, of fixing the the fault of for finding the fault and 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 sorting it out. So, of course, they would be allowed to uh, to uh, to do that. Uh, and then, and then to get the, uh, the electricity flowing back and forth, and this, that's that, uh, there would be, uh, a supply of, of electricity for all those who live in the various neighborhoods or, or wherever that, uh, that power outage is, uh, is, is be. Why is that allowed on, on Shabbos? And the reason, of course, is because, uh, if the, particularly if the, Power outages is widespread and encompasses a whole road or a whole uh, or a whole uh, neighborhood. Certainly, so there are all kinds of uh, of uh, different people, people with different circumstances that live in that area. There might even chas v'shalom be some uh, ill people who. Uh, who need uh, to be connected to various uh, electronic devices and and uh, and things and to uh, and and uh, to not have them for them to be in a situation God forbid where they would be because of the power outage deprived of these uh, of these perhaps life sustaining uh, type of, of of machines so that of course would place their their lives in 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 great. Uh, in great danger, and even if we're not sure they're going to be in danger, or we don't, we don't know necessarily that there is such a person in the area affected by the uh, power outage, but nevertheless, it's certainly 
at least a suffix pekuach nefesh. It's a doubt of a, a, a doubtful uh, but possible uh, danger to someone's to someone's life, and therefore uh, even Jews are obligated to to uh, fix the 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 problem and and correct and connect the the electricity as quickly as uh, as, as as possible. Um, and once and since they have a a reliable reason, since there's definitely a a a, a positive reason why they are allowed to fix the the outage because of the fact that it could affect uh, a sick people. Therefore, when they do fix it, everyone, all the residents of that neighborhood or that city or wherever it might be, are allowed to benefit from from the. Uh, and electricity that's been turned on, that's been uh, kind of flowing again because of their of their work on uh, on uh, on Shabbos, right? Because once 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 you are justified in doing what you're doing, then there's no iser attached to it, and everyone can have can have benefit from it. Now uh, that uh, is one. So now, secondly, if uh, now, uh, so oh, so let's say in that situation there were you had some you had some uh, dishes you had some of your of your Shabbos food that before the power outage was on the hot tray was on the on the uh, on the electric uh, platter etc. and because of the fact that the lights went off those foods got. Uh, Got cold during for for as long as the electricity is is out, and now uh, when they fix the problem and the lights go on again, so now obviously the hot tray is going to go back on, the pots are going to go back on, and that food is going to get rewarmed uh, and 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 restored to a to a temperature of 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 uh, of heat. So the halacha is that uh, if it's food, if it's cooked food. Then one is allowed to eat them again when it gets when it gets uh, uh, the totally cooked, and even if it wasn't yet totally and completely cooked before the lights uh, went out. So, if the last stage of of cooking actually uh, took place only afterwards, when when the electricity uh, uh, came came on still you're allowed to eat those uh, you're allowed to eat that food when when it when it comes when it comes uh, back on why because uh, it was cooked in a permitted way the, the it was cooked mostly before the lights were fixed and put on in a permitted way and therefore although there was a break in the middle that cooking can can be can be uh, uh, completed we're going to come back and and just can finish this discussion in a minute, but we need to go to the shops and uh, do some business. Please don't run away. Stay tuned for another few minutes. This is 11.9 High FM. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schneer. 11.9 High FM. We are back for another little snippet of conversation together and it really is <coughs> such a, 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 a chizuk for me, such an amazing privilege that you do Tune in every week, and uh, I've even had one or two people come up to me and say, "Yes, we actually listen to the show," which is quite quite amazing. Because as I say, you know, one sits here in the studio, and 
one never knows who is out out there. I'd love to know that, that, that there are some people out there. Yeah. And I know that there's a previous host of this show who used to tell people to have a, give a shout out or something. I'm not even sure what that is, but uh, it's always good to know that there are, are regular, regular listeners. Um, in a situation where the, let's say, the power outage affected one house or a very small locale where let's say we know for sure that there's no one god thank god who's uh who's seriously ill and there's no one who uh needs life support uh you know uh, uh machinery or something like that to be put to be put back on it's just sort of regular run-of-the-mill home or homes where so then of course then then it becomes a whole different uh, situation there's no uh, even doubt of of uh, then it would become forbidden to to repair the the uh, the electricity uh, and uh, if let's say by the time they do fix it uh, I don't know for some reason a light went on or something someone put while while the electricity was was out someone put inadvertently perhaps a a light on it would be it would be forbidden to have a benefit from that light or to or to do anything that you couldn't have done without that light when the when the lights go uh, go on um, in such a situation if your food got cold and while the while the electricity was out and now when it's been fixed now in in, in violation really of the law because was no there was no there was no real header for a Jew to fix it because there was no danger to life. If the food got hot after that, so then again, one should not eat it when it's hot. One should wait until it gets cold and only eat it then, and then will be allowed to, to, uh, to be, uh, to be eaten. Um, if it got cooked totally, not just heated, if it got cooked through the reinstatement of the, uh, of, of the electricity, so that would be considered cooking on Shabbos, basically, by a Jew, and then it would be forbidden to uh, to eat it on uh, on on Shabbos, and that uh, that's brought down by Rabbi Shlomo Zalman in uh, in 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 that uh, in that situation. Right. Um, so that that that's important, and and that's that's why we always tell people, yes. Uh, when you are, and we've discussed this, uh, I think, before once, the whole concept of, you know, uh, there are always two options in, uh, uh, we haven't even talked about about non-Jews, but, uh, you know, you can make your challenge either by cooking it totally and completely before before Shabbos, or, of course, you can do it, put it on just before Shabbos, which in this kind of situation is, is a much more risky option because at least if it's... Uh, if it's put on early, you know it's totally, totally, completely cooked before Shabbos, and therefore, even if the electricity would go off, it's less of a problem than if it's not yet cooked and the lights go off. Then, of course, you have a problem of it actually when the lights go on, being actually being cooked on on Shabbos, and, and that becomes a, a bit of a of, of a sticky issue. We don't really have a time to to thoroughly uh, uh, flesh it out. At, at this point, we have done. One can certainly look in the in the archives. We have done an entire shir, or even perhaps a series of shirim, on what to do in in situations of of uh, of power 
of our outages, and I'm sure you can go on the website and and uh, and find and find those those things. But in the meantime, the clock is saying that we have to uh, vacate, and the programming comes out comes on as we get closer to Shabbos. Some amazing, some amazing music, and maybe some other treats for you as we get ready for Shabbos again. Shabbos Kodesh is the latest candle on time is six forty four. Uh, standard time is. Is quarter past six. Shabbos Kurdish ends tomorrow night at seven thirty thirty six. But in the meantime, just go and have yourself a fantastic Shabbos. Again, a beautiful time for families to spend together. Talk some to you, raise some, raise some ideas, put something on the table. Ask the question: Why was it that Moshe Rabbeinu was given such great kudos, such great praise for taking out Yosef's bones from Egypt? When in fact, Rashi himself says that all the tribes took the bones of their forebearers out from out from Egypt. So what was it really so incredible and so special about what uh, what Moshe did? And in fact, maybe he should have left it to uh, to Yosef's own tribe to take him out. Put it on the table, see what comes up, make a discussion, make a discussion out of it. In the meantime, just want to wish each and every one of you a fantastic, warm, beautiful Shabbos and Bez Hashem God to give us the kayak to come together again next week and share some beautiful words of Torah and and uh, to break his look. In the meantime, Shabbat Shalom, and thank you for being part of our regular family.